0: Hello, and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career Changes are not the straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change, we inspire people that are thinking to change career, We support people that want or need to change career but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey and with one third of our lives spent working it would be unimaginable to not have a desire to explore new avenues welcome to the career changers podcast hello and welcome to a new episode of the career changers have you ever wondered if it's possible to turn a passion into a profession well today we are going to answer this question and some more with our guest, Annie Margaret Young, best-selling author of two books, The Five-Day Job Search and 1001 Ways to Save Money. Drawing from her personal experience, we will discuss ways you can identify potential side hustles, develop them into viable businesses, and balance them alongside full-time jobs. Annie will also share her experience on how she grew her side hustle to 80K annually while working full-time and raising a family, explaining how making time for side projects can help you find your purpose, even if you are incredibly busy. Hi, Henny. Thank you so much for joining us. Elisa, thanks for having me on. So let's start with your background. How did you start your professional life or better, what was your first job?
1: Oh my gosh, my first job was working minimum wage as a cashier at the grocery store, I had actually like a whole string of about 10 minimum wage jobs after that.
0: So. <laughs> well, I think we all have them. So there is always a way to start. <laughs> and sometimes it's literally from the beginning. Yeah. Um, so what was your dream job when you were a child? Um, when I was a
1: kid, I had always wanted to be an actress and a musician. But my parents had told me that's not financially viable, and they tried their very hardest to convince me that dreams should be staying dreams. You know, dreams are meant to stay dreams. I don't believe what they said, though, because um, now that I make more money, um, taking piano lessons as a complete adult beginner. So maybe one day I can still be a musician.
0: Oh, well, we're waiting to hear that story then. So then what is your the educational background? What did your parents ask you to study or was it your choice? Well, um, my parents didn't ask me to
1: study anything because I didn't go straight to college. That's why when I my first job, when I first got out of high school, it was working as a cashier at the grocery store. Eventually, I did go to community college, and then I got an online bachelor's degree in communications. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about your journey. How and when did you start thinking about creating a side hustle? I mean, you have a full-time job, so you started your career at some point. Um, you can tell us a little bit about, more about that.
1: Yeah. So when my husband and I we moved from Texas to Boston, I got my uh, second accounting second accounting job at that point, point. and I was like, just on the train ride to work, and I'm just like, is this It finally I get a nine to five office job and I'm just like, how does anyone afford to pay the bills? Like maybe they can pay the bills, but how do you stop living paycheck to paycheck? How do you actually financially get ahead and build your wealth? And I realized, you know, if if you work a nine to five job and just expect a cost of living adjustment for your raise every year, you're not going to get ahead. I mean, my landlord was telling me upon renewal, they wanted to raise the rent by a hundred dollars a month. But is my employer going to automatically give me a hundred dollars a month more? And, And I realized, no, and that's only the rent. There's electricity, there's Internet, there's inflation on groceries as well. So that's when I decided I think I need a side hustle.
0: And so how did you find your passion?
1: my my passion was already always money related i loved reading about money how to how to save it how to manage it spend it right um so i already had passion for that and then my job was doing accounting so it's basically whatever i do for my own personal finances is just on a larger scale for a business and so the the side hustle that i created though it was bookkeeping it's not because necessarily i had a passion for it it's because I was reading online about how to start a side hustle and you should basically start doing something that you're already extremely good at and know very well so that you can do it on the side and charge money for it. And I was like, well, I could do bookkeeping then.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, well, then how did you turn a side hustle into uh, a successful business uh, while also having a family? That
1: is a that's a more complicated question because not all of my revenue stream actually comes from doing only bookkeeping Only right like I actually ended up developing multiple streams of revenue. Like for example, I wrote a book I I earn royalties from a book that I wrote one time But if you keep selling it over and over again, you keep getting money passively from that right? Um, my youtube videos online on on how to save money on a low income actually generated a lot of the marketing for that every time at the end of a video I would tell people hey if you really like this content then all you need to do is support my channel by buying my book because I don't take sponsorships I get YouTube ad revenue as well and then there was also at some point, I made a video on how to buy a house, no, not how to buy a house, but my excitement on how I became a homeowner at only 25 years old. So I was like, oh, I I went from renting to owning my own place at 25. So I made a video on that. And then a very big mortgage company in the United States said, we liked your video, and we want you to make three minute videos for our company on how other people can become first time homebuyers. So like I I was getting like clients and random ways to make money like it, it went beyond bookkeeping i think i got opportunities because i was able to put myself out there online and people watch my content
0: that's great so you became an influencer <laughs> i don't like that word but i guess so <laughs> well, that's how it's called <laughs> As i say a positive positive one positive. yes <laughs> So what challenges did you have to overcome uh, while transitioning from just having a full time job to also dedicating yourself to this um, uh, side hustle and make it profitable?
1: I think the biggest challenge is not in doing it. I think the biggest challenge was like, at some point, once I made more than six figures, I was like, wait, is there more to life than just this? Because like, I work a lot. I probably work like 10 hour days. 12 hour days, you know, like beyond, beyond what I have to do when you add it all up, it's like 10 hour, 12 hour days. And I was working seven days a week. I never, never really took a day off for myself. And my, my health, my physical health started to decline. I was only 26 when I first started having like stomach issues. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I don't understand. I tried different over-the-counter medications and then my doctor couldn't figure it out. And then finally, I was like, I made this realization, there's a mind body connection between how stressed out I was and manifesting in like physical illness. And as I I had to like put my foot down and go like, you know what? I have to start setting boundaries with clients. I'm not answering their emails all day long anymore. I'll get to their email when I need to. Right. And then I also had to say, like, you know, I deserve to take a day off as well. I need to take care of myself. So starting, I think, like four months ago, I decided Saturdays are my day. Like I can do anything on Saturday and no one can intrude. I can shut my phone off if I want, you know. And um, my health has improved by a lot, just simply from deciding to, t- to take a day off every week.
0: Yeah, that's really important to have time for ourselves to regenerate. So um, you started the side also, uh, uh, it seems, from a money motivation, financial motivation to improve your situation. Uh, But what is it that actually kept you going? Where did you find your inspiration?
1: I always have dreamed of like helping people with their finances because like I remember back when I was earning a minimum wage and I was saving money and all that stuff, people were telling me that they were broke and living paycheck to paycheck. And then I I simply saw it as a math problem. I was like, but why? If you live on a budget, and you spend only this much on your rent and things like that, the math should work and you should still be able to save money. But then people were struggling still, despite the math working out, um people are emotional spenders they make financial decisions based on emotion um they they buy on impulse they think if they buy something that they bought impulsively they will feel happy right so there's a whole host of like psychological factors that tie into that and and i just i know i can solve this problem right so the question is like why do i keep going and i think it's that i feel like because i came from nothing i My family was poor. My, my parents are immigrants from China. My mom didn't have beyond a sixth grade education, right? She, she would dream of like having cookies that she found and then dream that she stored them under her pillow so that she could save them for later. And then she would wake up from the dream and then like look under her pillow. And she would realize that's a dream. Oh, no, I know. Really, really sad. So that's like the kind of circumstances my parents grew up with. They came to the United States with only four hundred dollars. Right. So I I really believe the American dream is still possible. I believe it is still alive and well, but only if you have the right plan and if you're willing to really work hard for it and be smart with your money. So I really want to help people still believe in the American dream.
0: That's really what it is. So before we move to give some suggestion to all uh, our listeners that are looking to identify potential side hustles and also uh, to turn their passion into a profession, uh, let's talk about uh, um, what are you doing to help other people uh, during their journey to to self-realization? So how do you feel uh, um, you're having a positive impact in the world? How do you feel you are making the world a better place through your work?
1: I feel like I'm making a better place in this world because people, people need this information that I'm sharing, especially these days in the United States, 18 year olds are signing up for student loan debt. They have no concept of money. They don't understand what it means to borrow $40,000 and they think that they can come out and pay it all back, right? So what, what I'm really here to do aside from like all the side hustle stuff that I'm doing is I'm trying to stop those 18 year olds from signing on to like a whole lifetime of slavery to debt because the, like that student loan payment is only the beginning. They're going to later have credit card debt, car loan debt, mortgage debt. Right. And I just I feel so bad for these people. <laughs> I mm. want to put an end to it, really.
0: And, and so for you now that uh, you have a fulfilling life, uh, how does it feel to do something you love?
1: It feels great. You know, I wake up every day. Some days I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this client's emailing me. <laughs> I have to answer it back." But like, but but there's always going to be stuff like that regardless. Regardless of what kind of work you do, right? Um I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy that I get to serve other people and then I also have enough money that I earn to be able to take piano lessons, right? Because I'm also going to pursue the music career that I always wanted when I was a kid. So I can't complain. I think God has been very uh, good to me.
0: Oh, this is great to hear. And we're we're still looking forward to to hear your story when you become a successful piano player. <laughs> so let's talk about how to turn a passion into a profession. Um, how can people identify potential side assholes? I don't think it's necessarily about turning the passion into a profession,
1: like if you're going to do a side hustle, I think the first thing is to think about like what you already know how to do, like, like, for example, the side hustle that I created, it was actually exactly what I do at my job, but just turned into a service. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think of like a job as something totally different from a side hustle. I think I like to think of it in this way. So everyone already works for themselves even if you're an employee you work for yourself you go into the marketplace and you sell your services now how do you sell those services for a job you work 40 hours right you're selling your time to one client Mm. for 40 hours that that employer is not just a, a company it's it's your client it's a one client that you work 40 hours for now can you sell that same service to another client that you do only five hours for And then another one that you do only two hours for i think so right so i don't see it as anything different i think just simply the structure is different in that in order to find clients clients are searching for a provider right they're not necessarily like putting up a listing saying like we look we're looking for a service provider so that's the difference how do you find them Um, in terms of getting a job you have to apply for a position that's open so they openly make it known that we're looking for someone who can work for us for 40 hours versus a client that you do for a side hustle you have you actually have to fish for them that's the the only difference i think the best way to start a side hustle is to think about what you're already doing at your job and then break it down by the hourly pay and then times two like for example if if you're a bookkeeper and and at your full-time bookkeeping job you make 25 dollars an hour then charge fifty dollars an hour for your side hustle. Why? The reason is because you have your own expenses of running a business, whether that's like the administration time of servicing a client that doesn't actually include providing the service itself, Um, billing, right? Having the billing time of that um, and then like having to pay extra tax. You have to pay extra income tax when you do the side hustle as well, because the taxes are not automatically taken out, unlike your paycheck.
0: So after someone has identified their existing skills and something they already know what what to do how to do it, um, how can they develop something into a viable business? Because sometimes there may be okay, I'm gonna do it, but then uh, there are obstacles. So how do I find clients? So what is what is your um experience on this, and what suggestions would you give?
1: Uh, the thing to think about is who who are you serving? So you can still do the side hustle. The skill is the same, but who exactly are you selling this to, right? Um, I think the easiest way is to think about, like narrow down on one kind of business or industry and get really good at it. Get so good at it to the point that your reputation is like, yeah, she's the one you got to go to, right? Like, like I, I don't take people who are not real estate. Uh, you know, for bookkeeping, don't come to me unless you're real estate, you're a cafe. I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Right? Yeah, your money would be nice, but I specifically want to only do real estate. So then, like, even just yesterday, my piano teacher called me and she's like, hey, Annie, you're doing real estate accounting, right? I said, yeah, I only do real estate. And then she's like, I just met someone who, who needs exactly what you do, just the real estate part. And then I was like, good. <laughs> you know, so so like. Just pick one, pick one, work only with that, get really good at it. And then when it's very viable, then you can expand from there. But the easiest way is
0: to start with just one kind. Okay. So is there any reason why you choose specifically real estate?
1: I like people in real estate. I think they have a certain uh, mentality. I like their hustle. I like their mindset. Their mindset isn't that typical nine to five office worker. Um, And people in real estate, they they're different in that like they think of their future, they have more of an investment mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they actually genuinely care about numbers. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in real estate. Like they 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 want to actually make a profit. So, looking at their financial reports on a regular basis and making sure they're profitable is actually very important, and it's it was much easier to sell a bookkeeping service to people in state than anything else because I was trying to sell like um bookkeeping to a small mom and pop you know try try selling it to a small mom and pop or to like a freelance individual they're not interested they're like well i can do my own bookkeeping why would i want to pay a bookkeeper or like i think i'm fine i think my systems and processes are all okay and they have like no no desire to grow their business they're like yeah annie i'd be okay if i just made the same money next year as i did this year Mm, like okay. like they kind of have that mindset, even though it's a business owner, um, those small mom and pop shops, they're kind of just like, yeah, we'd rather just keep everything the same size. We don't plan on growing this because for us, it's just a lifestyle business. It, it makes enough money to pay the bills for the business. It makes enough money to pay us for our personal expenses and and to have a family. And and we're just happy with that.
0: Mm. So you mentioned before that uh, um, you, at some point you started to feel very stressed and have some health issues uh, due to the amount of work you were doing. So how can you find balance between a side hustle and also having a full-time job? I mean, you mentioned taking a day off, for example, but are there other ways that helped you in your journey?
1: Yeah, for me, it was two things because one, uh, people in real estate can be really aggressive and pushy, and I'm a woman. And um, at first, I think I just didn't know how to handle that. Like some some guys are like really pushy, like they're calling me um, like at 4 p.m. or something. Hey, Annie, I need this done. And then I'm just like, by when? But within the hour. I'm like, but I'm not home right now, and I'm not working for you as an employee. I don't like just drop what I'm doing to to service you, you know? Like the way this works is like in accounting, there's always a deadline. I can meet your deadlines. But if you're just going to call me at 4 p.m. and you want something done within the next half hour, that's not happening, right? I could have been in a meeting. I'm not home. I'm out and about doing something else. I mean, I'm not an employee, right? And and that was uh, stressing me out because I was so scared of like, if I set that boundary and let them know, like, they can't keep talking to me like this, I was scared that they would just be like, we don't want to pay you anymore. We're going to drop you. Um, So I kind of like really had to learn how to establish a boundary. Like, hey, if you email me, you can expect a response within 24 hours. Don't expect a response within one hour. It's not reasonable, right? Mm -hmm. I had to slowly set those boundaries in place such that now, I don't have to have those anymore. (laughs) They kind of just expect it. But in the beginning, because I really wanted to, make a really good impression and do really good work, I was responding to people within one hour. And mm-hmm. because I was responding to people within one hour because I wanted to provide good customer service, they came to expect one hour service as just a default. So then when I wasn't answering them in, in three hours because I was busy doing something else, they're like, hey, Annie, did you get my email? And then I'm like, you only emailed me like three hours ago. Right. But they, they came to expect it as like a normal thing to always get a response in one hour. So I had to learn how to set those. That was the hardest part. It wasn't like how to manage my time. It was more like how to manage the relationship with the client.
0: Yes. And boundaries are really important because otherwise everything become unsustainable in the long term. So definitely something to think about. So what advice would you give to anyone that would like to start the side hustle and are just there thinking about it? I think I've seen one of your videos uh, somewhere where you were saying, oh, I know a client that uh, she wanted to start a podcast for the last, I don't know, two years or what was it? And and they still haven't. And I say, oh, it's possible you didn't find any time in two years. (laughs) So what is it that... um, doesn't uh, the stops people to actually take the first step they overcomplicate
1: things <laughs> people take any give someone any project and i can i can tell you they're gonna overcome it needs this 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 it needs these 10 things before i can i can get this started before i release this podcast if i start a podcast i need 10 episodes before i can even release the podcast into the world or like i i had said i assigned a website design project to my employee and then i was like hey um you know we need to redesign our website for our new business strategy i just need these like two pages on the site she's like no 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 we need a services page we need an about page we need the contact page we need the blog post and then i'm just like oh my gosh if i had to get all of that in i'm never gonna get started (laughs) i i told her and then i was like okay uh, i want to give you autonomy i'll let you take care of this project so you'll you'll figure it out, right? She's like, yeah. And then one month later, she's like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm burned out. And then I was just like, yeah, because all I wanted was a homepage. Like, like, all I wanted on the website, like was one page, this is what our book is about. And here's how you buy the book, like, like, that's all the information I wanted on the site, but she wanted this crazy, overcomplicated thing. And then I had to explain to her, I'm like, People don't just make websites like that. Those are like created over time. You know, you start with this one page and then you're like, okay, maybe I can add another page two months later. It's something you build over a couple of years. But uh, I think people overcomplicate it. So they're gonna do the same thing for us, the side hustle. Oh, before I have a side hustle, I need to have a website. I need to have my business cards. I need to have all of this before I gonna have a side hustle. <laughs>
0: Yeah sometimes it's just about taking the first step uh, and it's more like having the courage to say okay I'm gonna do it even if it's not gonna be perfect and um, because that that's how it goes actually you do it and then you learn from your own mistakes and then you can improve it. So uh, we're reaching the end of this episode but we still have a few more questions so what are type of advice would you give to anyone during the journey to self-realization when they are feeling unfulfilled in life and they are looking um, for new ways to, to realize their potential? I think because we have so much social
1: conditioning and we're told since we are young that like you cannot make money doing what you love. I think we secretly inside we inherently know like what is it that brings us joy or like if we're curious about something, there's a seed in you that is pointing you in the right direction. But you refuse, refuse to pay attention to it or to acknowledge it. Right. And so I think the way to go about doing that is to think back to when you're a kid before all the social conditioning got straight up like implanted in you. What did you want to do? That's why you asked me that question in the beginning. What did you want to do as a child? I was like, you know, I wanted to be an actress, a musician. And so like when I finally made enough money, and pay the bills and have money left over and everything I was like why am I so bored with my life why am I so unfulfilled and then I looked back and then I was like you know what what's the one thing I always wanted as a kid that I never got never got those piano lessons so I finally said you know I'm gonna do it I'm an adult but I don't care I'm gonna go after what I want
0: that's great I think it's really important to to follow what you know as you say there is a seed inside of us that gives us the right direction. Sometimes it's just about listening to that. So you're yeah, very young. I mean, I didn't ask you how old you are. 28, 28 years <laughs> old. So I'm going to ask you the last question that we ask to every guest on The Career Changes. And is if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self?
1: It's not necessarily advice. I would just say, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> calm, down. <laughs> calm down. Because like I... I feel like um, I was always so anxious and worried that things would not work out for me. There's this constant anxiety in my early 20s that I felt like I, I I had to prepare for the future. And I would have just said, like, just calm down, you know, just experience it. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have done anything different, you know, like I would have followed the same steps and everything. Like even the mistakes that I made, I would still keep those same mistakes because I learned a lot from those mistakes. But um, the feeling that I had in response to, to those mistakes, I think I would have just said, relax, girl.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Annie, so much for joining us today and sharing your inspirational story and wisdom with our listeners.
1: Elisa, thanks for having me on The Career Changers.
0: And the last message uh, for our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in. For a new uh, inspirational episode of the Career Changes. And also, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave uh, a review. Thank you very much.